Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. This episode is brought to you by the Boneyard Huskies Club. The Boneyard Huskies Club empowers athletes while providing UConn fans with access to exclusive community, utility, and rewards. The Boneyard Huskies Club is excited to announce the next collection of student-athlete collectibles, which grant membership privileges, will feature UConn football players. For more information, go to BoneyardHuskiesClub.com. That's BoneyardHuskies with a Z club.com joining me today we've got oklahoma state head coach mike boynton he'll be bringing his team up to connecticut to play uconn in the big east big 12 challenge so coach thanks so much for joining the podcast for a few minutes here yeah thanks for having me i want to start with this one having you on in advance of this big east big 12 challenge i i know you grew up in new york did you grow up as a fan of of big east basketball oh absolutely and and probably to the the anger of some uconn fans um my dad, my dad uh, was a huge uh, John Thompson fan, and by virtue, um, he first got me into watching basketball by watching Georgetown. And so, my first real uh, admiration of any college basketball program was was the Georgetown Hoyas in the uh, in the mid to late '80s when I was growing up. So, yes, Big East basketball has always been a big part of uh, uh, my love for the for the game. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, start, started you young and Biggie's still going strong here. So for you, this is season six already, which seems crazy to me. It feels like you, you just started at, at Oklahoma State. How have these six years been for you? And, the, and then how excited are you about the future of your program that you've got there? Well, at this point, I'm really, really excited about, you know, what we're doing currently, but also more importantly, what we're building here as we go into the immediate future. Um, it's well documented. We, you know, we were a part of the FBI deal, which, you know, ended up putting our program in a difficult spot for a few years uh, on a recruiting trail, uh, but also uh, concluding last year with a postseason ban. Uh, so having that over our heads for, for the first five years uh, was certainly a, um, an anchor, uh, but credit to my staff, those guys overcame it. We still were able to recruit at a fairly decent level. Uh, we have had one NCAA tournament appearance in this time so far, and now with this stuff behind us, look forward to having many more uh, but it's been fun. Uh, I've enjoyed being able to put our, our you know, fingerprints on this program and, and try to establish what's what was once a really, really um, you know, consistently successful program in terms of NCAA appearances and comp- competing in the Big 12. Uh, we certainly hope we can get back there. Uh, and I think that this team can help us propel ourselves forward. I know UConn fans are familiar with, with what you and your team had to go through last year, you know, having to compete through a season in, in which you're ineligible for the tournament in, in the postseason there. How do you keep your team motivated through last year? And, and then how do you use that, you know, experience of last year to, you know, in, increase the motivation even more this season? Yeah, I mean, credit to any coach who has to deal with that. Um, and, and obviously for, for us, it was more frustrating because myself nor anybody on, on the current staff or any of the players, you know, had been around when any of the stuff that happening was going on. Uh, so it was really unfortunate. Um, and so I, I certainly empathize with any program that has to go through that because it creates a real psychological challenge uh, in terms of practicing every day, uh, keeping your guys motivated. Uh, just think about this for a second. Uh, and certainly today's game, where most all these kids think they're going to the NBA, that's their main focus most of the time. And so you got to do a good job, even when you have the opportunity uh, to play in the tournament, to get your guys focused on team goals and accomplishment. And so if you take the team goals off the table from the beginning of the season, 
and it becomes almost impossible to keep those guys away from, you know, by human nature sometimes becoming a little self-centered uh, and trying to see what they can accomplish for themselves throughout the year, whether it be, you know, becoming all-conference or an all-American or putting themselves in better position for the draft. And so going through last year was certainly the most difficult uh, from a professional um, speaking standpoint season that I've been through. Uh, certainly glad that we were able to – we just survived. We, that's, that was our mindset. Staff, just get through the year, you know, try to keep our core guys together, which we were fortunately able to do, and then get to this season where we can have that kind of behind us. And to the second part of your question, you know, that's certainly something we talk about every day. Is, you know, we had something kind of taken away from us last year. And now with the opportunity in front of us to, to do some of those cool team things, like go to the tournament, make a run, play in a conference tournament, which we weren't able to do last year. Uh, let's make sure we take full advantage and work as hard as we can to position ourselves and then be as prepared when we play these games against these high level teams that really make the difference. You know, these games in stores against you. The SEC challenge, obviously the Big 12 schedule, uh, those games are really, really important for postseason play. I know. Uh, if you remember back when, when UConn was, was banned that year, the, the next year they, they won the title with, with Shabazz Napier, talking about how they'd been hungry all year due to that ban. So you never know what can come of that. Uh, looking at your team this year, and I know we're talking a little bit early here in the, in the preseason Take me through, you know, your roster so far this season and maybe some early thoughts on your team. I like the makeup of our team uh, in large part because we have a good core of veteran guys who've been through college basketball, uh, several of which have been through college basketball in our program. Uh, and that's kind of, you know, it's kind of an anomaly nowadays to have, you know, kids. <laughs> it sounds crazy to, to, to talk like this haven't been in college basketball, haven't played college basketball, to think that the norm now is that you don't have many guys. Not because, you know, maybe they're good enough to go to the NBA, but but just because they can do anything they want. They can transfer. They can within conference many times now. Um, and so we have, you know, the core of our guys who competed on last year's team back. And so I'm excited about what we can become. Uh, there's a lot of work to be done between now uh, and the start of the season and the next six weeks. Uh, and then we don't, you know, we give ourselves a lot of opportunities in a non-conference because we've challenged ourselves with a strong schedule. Uh, so I'm excited about seeing our guys respond to those challenges in a non-conference. Uh, and then getting into conference play, you know, our, our league is, is one of the best in the country, has been, you know, at least a decade, maybe longer. Uh, but for us, it starts with our backcourt, you know, Avery Anderson and Bryce Thompson, two guys uh, who've been here with us who are really, really good scorers. Uh, guys who can shoot the basketball but also make plays for their teammates. Uh, so that's where it starts in our backcourt in terms of returning guys. And then in the front court, uh, we got guys who UConn fans may be familiar with. Uh, Musa Cisse, who started his high school career at Christy King in New York, uh, started his college career at Memphis, is now with us in his second year with our program, uh, led the Big 12 in blocks. And so certainly an intriguing matchup when you talk about him uh, going up against Adama Sanogo, who I know very well from having recruited him a little bit. Yeah, no, I I think that that's going to be a really interesting matchup there. Speaking of how you, how you recruited Adama Sinogo, do you remember what stuck out about his game while while you were out on the recruiting trail uh, checking him? out? Yeah, I mean, I always thought that his best basketball was was going to be, unfortunately for us now, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I thought it would take a while, but he had great hands. He ran the floor well. He he had an identity that he played to. Uh, he knew where his Brent was buttered, so to speak, which was going to be inside the paint. And he can really, really pass the ball, move his feet. 
And so I thought if he got with the right coach who would develop him, he would become you know, a guy who could make a lot of money playing basketball. And that certainly has happened under the great leadership of Coach Hurley and Coach Young and the guys on that staff. So uh, he's certainly become everything I expected him to be. And, and like I said, unfortunately, for 40 minutes, hopefully um, we'll have to train him a little bit. I, I'm curious to know from a coaching perspective, I know we're, we're talking here in October. This game is early December. How much advanced scouting are, are you doing on this UConn team at, at this point in the season? Or are you waiting until you see more on film uh, as they start to play some of those early non-conference games? Yeah, I mean, I'll, you know, I'll be perfectly honest. I, we, we don't talk very much about our opponents uh, this early. Uh, we're still trying to figure out how our pieces work together. You know, what stop play works best with the core guys that we have, the guys we're going to count on, how we're going to get in shots, and what's going to be our best defensive strategy as a group. Um, and so, you know, again, we're still just a week into practice. I haven't mentioned UConn to my team at all. Uh, obviously, in the back of my mind, I know that's there. I know it's a great challenge. Um, and so we probably won't talk about them much. Uh, certainly with respect to the opponents we played before them, which are uh, some good ones also, um, until you know, maybe a week or so beforehand. Looking at how you, you build your schedule in the non-conference, uh, how, how big is it to have an event like this Big East Big 12 Challenge where you know you're going to be getting a quality opponent, uh, whether it's home or on the road, and, and knowing that you've got that game built into your schedule there? Yeah, it's multifaceted for us. You know, for a program like ours, who's we're a good program in, in the Big 12, we haven't been a power uh, in our league, and so we don't necessarily get a bunch of uh, invites to to like um, you know, blue blood showcases, right? We're not in the Champions Classic. We don't go to PK80, so we got to find up these and games like this to give ourselves those same opportunities against quality opponents. Um, for us, having only ten teams in our league, we get eighteen games. Now they're all really good games in conference play. But it's still only 18 of them. And, and so in the Big Ten, for example, they play 20 league games. So they get two games advantage over you in terms of high major competition. Uh, so what the Big 12 has done, we've got a challenge with the Big East and one with the SEC to get us to that number of 20. And then we're kind of on an even playing field uh, with the Big Ten, so to speak. And then everybody plays in the MTE. And so we get a quality opponent. Uh, in one league at home, one on the road, which gives you a great chance to have a you know, resume that can you know, be co- comparable to some other teams who, you know, on Selection Sunday may be talking about a C-line or two difference. Absolutely. I know, uh, speaking of, of going on the road there, I, I'd like to ask for, from both perspectives here, both as a, your time as a player and, and now as a coach, I know one of the great things about college basketball is going to these intense atmospheres. Where's the the toughest place both that you played as a player on the road and then where's the toughest place you brought your team into as a coach? Well, I mean, no one will remember this A because I was no good as a player and B because it was guaranteed, but I actually played in stores. Um, my freshman year in college at South Carolina, uh, we went to the NIT and, um, and we lost the first round NIT game there. Uh, and I remember it because Talik Brown, who was a really, really good friend of mine, in Brooklyn. Uh, he was on the UConn team at the time. Um, and so I remember being in stores. Obviously, it wasn't the best atmosphere because it was the NIT and it was spring break leave. Uh, and so just a shout out, I know that that environment could be one of the best in a long time. In fact, one of my favorite players ever is a guy named Ray Allen. Uh, competed with Ben Gordon. I mean, I, I know a lot of people who've come through and had success there. Um, but in terms of the best places I played, I mean, when I, when I got to the Big 12, I saw a different kind of fan base 
Uh, when you go to the places like Allen Fieldhouse, when you go to, you know, you, people talk about it now, Lubbock, Texas. And I, you know, I've been there several times now. Unbelievable atmosphere. Iowa State has an unbelievable atmosphere. So I've been to several uh, as a player playing in South Carolina, played in Rupp Arena. I've been to a lot of great places. And, uh, you know, I don't know if there's one that stands out uh, more than others, but there are a lot of really, really good ones in college basketball. And uh, Gamble Pavilion is certainly up there with, with the best. I know UConn fans, fans will like to hear that. I, I'll wrap with this one, and I think it's another area of the, of college sports that, that UConn fans can, can emphasize with uh, with Oklahoma State and, and your fans. Conference realignment, you know, at least initially tore the Big East apart. UConn had, had gone then to the American and now is back in the Big East. And I know the Big 12 going through some changes as well from a conference realignment standpoint. You, you see the Pac-12 going through some changes what are your thoughts on this current conference realignment standpoint and, and the impact that it has on basketball? I mean, I, I'll be honest. Uh, I, I don't love it, uh, but I get it. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, as an industry, we've become more commercialized. It's become much more about the business aspect and not about the experience. It's, wor- it's the worst um, for the fans and the student athletes, to, in all honesty, um, to think that you know, the kids at Rutgers University are going to have to go play a midweek game conference in California soon. Uh, insane to me. Uh, and that their fans or parents, really, unless they're really, really well off, you know, think about going to spend a weekend in L.A. playing UCLA and Southern Cal for a kid from Piscataway. Like, that won't be easy. Uh, won't be easy on the kids. It won't be certainly easy on the families. Uh, but it'll be good for the universities and the conferences, and to a certain degree, people like myself, coaches. Uh, um, and so I don't, I don't, I don't love it. I get it, um, but I wish that we could find a better balance between, you know, continuing to be able to pay the bills and, and put a great product out there that people want to see, but also keeping in mind, you know, the 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 health of the players mentally, you know. And um, I think we're kind of we're off track a little bit right now. And I wish that, you know, we, we have some leadership step up and, and, and try to have a little bit more courage in making some tough decisions, which, you know, aren't always easy. All right. Well, well, Coach, I, I know conference realignment has taken its toll on everyone in college basketball. So completely understand where, where you're coming from there. And I got to say, I looked up 72-65 UConn beat in South Carolina in that NIT appearance there. The, the only time those two teams have actually met. So interesting there. Thanks, thanks for the reminder. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I'll do this and take my bragging rights and say that at least our women's basketball program, because I'm no longer Carolina is has enacted some revenge here recently. Yes, they, they certainly have. They certainly have. It's always a, a great matchup there. But, Coach Point, and I really appreciate you taking some time to come on. Uh, best of luck to you and your team this season. We look forward to seeing you guys in stores. Yeah, and I'll be remiss if I left this conversation without doing two things. First of all, shout out to the greatness of UConn women's basketball. Coach, you know, and Paige Beckers, our prayers are with her. And, and you have one of the best men's basketball coaching staffs in all of college basketball. Coach Kamani is one of my great friends. I have great respect for Coach Hurley. And what those guys are doing and how they've revived that program uh, should be something that UConn fans all across the country should be really, really, really excited about. Yeah, and I, I know UConn fans are really excited about this coaching staff. And I know everyone saw last year Coach uh, Kamani Young there step up when Coach Hurley got got ejected. Were you uh, you impressed? You knew he had it in him to go out there and take down Jay Wright in Villanova? I was, I was tuned in. Uh, 
and and biting my nails like I was coaching. <laughs> I've known Kamani for a really long time. I knew he was ready for the moment. It won't be long, unfortunately, for UConn until he has his own program. But uh, in the meantime, enjoy him continuing to get great players in there, helping those guys develop into into pros. Yeah, I know UConn fans know he's uh, his time here probably isn't too much longer before he's running his own program. But coach, uh, really appreciate you taking some time to come uh, come on and best of luck you guys this season. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod, the host at Jared Cutler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.